Hey, welcome to this episode of Hollywood Breaks. It's good to be with you today. Um, today, we welcome back Tim Heidel. Um, obviously, have a great conversation. His smiley face is always welcome on our show. Today, we talk about really the opportunity of a filmmaker to appeal to an audience, create some fandom, and the importance of reaching out to specific groups, where we recognize that in the Oscars um, and what's happening in the theater. So, Tim Heidel is our guest, and welcome to this episode of Hollywood Breaks. So, guys, the Oscars. Nominations. <laughs> yes. Who's going first? Do you want me to go first, Tim? <laughs> uh, I have to think well, of a better segue thing. for that. But t- <laughs> as Tim was saying, it's all about the money. My mind just triggered to, I mean, it's only a couple of days old, so it's appropriate for us right. to talk about that. But let's talk about the, these nominations that came out in the context of the medium. So, because some of these films are straight to Netflix or whatever. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. uh, nothing mm-hmm. hiding that. So does that make yeah. a film? That was, uh, that was Spielberg's argument two and a half years ago. Right. Um, or, you know, like a, what? Yeah. Well, yeah. Go first, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to start. I so many shots. Brewing. I I'll, just, I'll, I'll, just, brewing. I'll take the buzz on this one. <laughs> uh, I, I will say this. I tend to fall. Mm. Uh, so the entertainment strategy guy, who's a guy I follow, he's really smart and mm-hmm. has all these really cool charts and data. He he did sort of a piece right after the nominations came out and said, listen, is it great? No. But is it better than last year? Yes. And yes. I mean, what I mean yes. by that is yes. the people that have actually seen, like, Don't Look Up is one of the most watched movies on Netflix, and it got nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Power of the Dog is also a fairly well-watched show, movie on Netflix. It mm-hmm. also got nominated. Dune did fairly well in theaters for Warner Media and also on HBO Max. So there are at least titles in there that are mm-hmm. people are seeing. So it's not necessarily completely lost like it was last year, where all the movies that were nominated, nobody had seen. Now, are they broad titles with the exception of maybe Don't Look Up? No. I mean, Power of the Dog. If I were to go to the grocery store today down the street and say, hey, Power of the Dog, great movie. They'd be like, what? Like yeah, the most people, no, no, st- Oscars not- has sometimes that thing is like you don't know about Shakespeare in Love until it's nominated or something like that. Like you don't, you know what I mean? There are things. Like I don't, but that. I but don't. The, but we, what's we the one of like two people in a car or whatever that title is? Like what? Where did that come from? It's like, <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see that. I love. I, I, I don't. I don't even. But where did it? Who saw it to nominate it? I don't even know where that one yeah. came from. That like, uh, well, it's a screener. It's it, yeah. It's it like <laughs> you, you log on. I mean, what's hilarious is you can literally watch all the Oscar nominees on your computer now. You don't have to go to a theater because they have oh, yeah, now the Academy has like a screening room on your computer, so you mm-hmm. actually don't have to go to mm-hmm. a theater to see a movie anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. But you know, the Academy actually wants you to watch it on your computer. That's a that's a whole separate episode right there <laughs> but i think in reality it's it's gotten it's better it's better but it's still not great because it would have yeah. been great had spider-man been nominated because clearly that's one of the first movies in the last three years that critics loved yep. the audience obviously it loved is. it got me off my ass back into the theater after two yeah, and half years so mm-hmm. i mean yeah. where where was that and it's it's there's there's still this sense of like we can't nominate a comic book movie it's just it, no, that doesn't feel right. We ha- we ha- it has to be Power of the Dog, which is about poisoning a cowboy. Woo! You know, it's like <laughs> you know. It- oh, I got a funny story about that. I was I went back to Wisconsin for the holidays and watched it with my parents. Um, oh. I said, "Well, oh, you're gonna." <laughs> and 
what got all the way through it. I thought they were really engaged. <laughs> got to the end, and my dad, God love him, goes, um, goes, huh? Where, where's the dog? I don't get it. <laughs> And that, that encapsulated, you know, and this is in Freedom, Wisconsin, you know, population 5,000. Uh, uh, but that, I, I think Denny, I think Denny uh, Velavu, whatever his name is, uh, not getting a director, like that is, it's atrocious. Interesting. Actually, like yeah. Spielberg gets nominated yeah. for director with that film. And then we have, I mean, he has every other category has a nominee, what do you think the director does? Like, how do you have <laughs> every category nominated except for uh, the one that the yeah. visionary person? But I, I do think this this is a this is uh, another step in the sea change of our industry um, that there are streamers uh, streaming titles in play for the most prestigious film awards um, is fascinating and remarkable, and I think is a boon for the industry. Because it means that we don't, we, you know, while the, there's always the, um, there's a sanctity around the church, right? That is the theater. Yeah, right. um, mm-hmm. th- that storytelling can be transcendent, right? And good storytelling will always have a place. Yeah, the, the, you're totally right. I mean, I think some <laughs> of what we should be. turning. <laughs> no, I was like, some of what we should be he recognizing knows me too well. is I've what... sat in his office too many hours, too many years for him to know when my when my yes, wheels Keith. are like. Uh. <laughs> By the way, that jumper poster is uh, gorgeous. You like that? God, that, that was, was fun. You. That was a fun yes, movie. It was. Fun that movie. was a fun movie. Yeah. Wait, did you guys work on jumpers together? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. It was one of our first movies together. Yeah. Yeah. And we were at Fox. I feel like there's a segue here because I want to ask you guys about the um, this Netflix trailer too. But we were halfway through an Oscar conversation. Are we done with the Oscars? Because I um, have a question oh, about this. Boy, did I like Nightmare Alley though? Boy, I, I love me. Yeah, I do want to see that. I will say yeah. I saw materials and like, and I really yeah. like Guillermo with the exception. Yep. You know, I wasn't big on the fish one. But <laughs> the, the one you won the Oscar for? The one that won the yeah, exactly. Oscar for. Yeah. <laughs> But I, but I love Hellboy. Uh, I thought Hellboy was great, and I think he's a real. Uh, and I, the Pan's Labyrinth was absolutely visually right, stunning and a great yes. movie. So yeah, yeah. I saw the trailers for that, and you know, watching Bradley Cooper and um, Kate Blanchett eat scenery is always Lord. is always Lord. fun and, to watch. And the thing, you know, the thing that I I so uh, cherish about his about him is the, the depth of detail that he puts into the world. Oh yes, numbers. like yes. Bradley Cooper's clothes, like Kate's clothes, her office. Yeah. My, my God, it's like a masterpiece of Art Deco architecture. And this, yeah. there's like layers of like symbolism baked into like everything's behind a closed door in her office, right? The wood grain on her wall looks like a Rorschach. It's yep. this, it's yummy, 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 yummy. Isn't he? <laughs> oh, there, there's, a, there's a viral clip right there. Yummy. That's, that's what gets <laughs> oh, it every time. Which, um, the unbearable weight of massive talent coming to theaters on April 22nd. Nice. Are you going to want to come back and talk about how awesome that movie is once we all see it? Oh, we have to. We have to. That was like, I was teasing it last time. That was, in a, a you were, time. and you had our most viral tweet from that. So funny. <laughs> it is so funny. No, we get this private screener for this one, right? Don't we get a, yeah. <laughs> yeah Wink. <right. laughs> you want to fly to Santa Monica? He'll set up a press screening for exactly. us. Exactly. There you go. I'll go to Santa Monica uh, and get a press screening. One quick story about Guillermo del Toro, which is <laughs> another reason why I like him. Then we can talk about Netflix. The next six trailer. Yeah, yeah. Cool. One of my quotes vendors, he went over there once to look at a trailer. 
he walks in totally unassuming guy and just uh, and was like nice to everybody like when you're that much of a genius and able to put together a world like that and still be a decent human being more power to you yeah anyway no i think th- there's a genius that he has in where he approaches films for what films are worth, right? So he recognizes, yeah. oh, this is a large format uh, venue. There's a lot of opportunities. I could take my time to set up the art direction, this, the scene decoration. It's not, he's not pumping out Star Trek garbage on an episode by episode basis on a week by week basis. Like he's able to like build up a whole world around it. Yeah. And I think he's recognized that and he's done that from such an early um, time and making films to now, like it's, he's just getting more and more perfecting the, uh, the, yeah. the science more and more and more of like what it means to, to make a film that way. Yeah. I think that's what we all love about his films. It's, it's awesome. you're immersed. I mean, that's a whole, we could do a whole like conversation about uh, the state of fandom and world building and immersion. I think, cause that to me is where the um, it's where I've I tried to bring my focus, right. In, in thinking about how we, um, what feedback I want to give in terms of the projects we develop, right? And how we're yeah. thinking holistically about IPs um, with a theatrical or a, a theatrical or streaming output as one branch of an of a tree, right? Of the IP, mm-hmm. it can have a live event associated with it. It can have a like fan celebration um, connected to it. Um, that's that's really where the gravy is, I think. Okay, so my my favorite pick in Oscars, you guys shared yours, is, is the uh, Andrew Garfield with Tick Tick Boom. I thought that was such a great. Really, uh, I thought it was fun, interesting. And his character, he did. I never knew Andrew Garfield was that talented. He did so many different aspects. Uh-huh. He had a seeing, he had a play this crazy man. He did this uh, kind of wonderful, heartfelt moments. There was it was awesome. I thought he as an actor. It was a great moment to see him in all of his like ability. So I'm pretty sure Benedict Cumberbatch is going to win. <laughs> it just feels like the momentum's going that way. But uh... I don't know. I think Will Smith might get it. He's going to be the oh, I you think, think he's so? The underdog. Yeah, I think he's got a good shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I like. I'm glad someone recognized Andrew Garfield because that was. Yeah. I thought he did a great job in Tick Tick yeah. Boom. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Keith? What was your, what's your pick? I don't, I mean, I, I full, I, I haven't seen them all yet, so I can't weigh in officially. Uh, I really liked Dune. Yeah. I was presently surprised answer. by that movie. I yeah. thought it was going to be a loaded mess. And I was yeah. like, wow, I'm actually, no. really Talk about like, bound, like the complexity of that story. And, and yes. Yes. And like, enough. cause I'd heard about the uh, David Lynch version and how that shit crazy it was and <laughs> confusing and i was like oh and you know the original book is rather confusing but yeah. man the way he told that story and the visuals and the acting i mean it was just like yeah. and i actually i liked i talked a little bit about this last week but power of the dog the thing that i loved about that was how cinematic it was i know i know and I know. you're sitting there and you're like yeah this i feel like the experience would have been a little better in a theater because they're just the shots. And then there's moments when, when like better Ben Cumberbatch's characters upstairs and um, Kirsten Dunst's characters downstairs. And it's just creepy. Yeah. Like the, the way the house is like creaking and he's making noise. It's just, I mean, imagine that in a theater versus me sitting here in my, you know, my bedroom yeah. watching it on a TV. Like, yeah. but I enjoyed sort of the way, I mean, she's a, she's a phenomenal storyteller. She always has been, but you know, I thought that was decent. I haven't seen the other one, so I still have to kind of knock through those before I really. But I, I like I said, I thought Dune was great. Um, so we'll have to see how once I see the rest. 
but my true vote is Tim. You're gonna have to wait. Sorry. <laughs> you might get your wish on the theatrical release on that too. Uh-huh. I mean, why not take advantage of the next, yeah? Well, um, Netflix doesn't believe in theaters. They do the two week, the mandatory two weeks, so they can get the nomination and they pull it. But theaters could request it, right? I mean, if I had a theater, yeah, but what I'm saying is Netflix say, like, doesn't I want to get that in my. No, Netflix is like no. You want to see it? F you, pay me. Like sign up on the platform. That's the only way you're going to Before I go down, before I go down too too much of a Uh, rabbit hole with the Netflix, I'm going to say something nice about Netflix because Keith, you covered this in your uh, newsletter this week. But that trailer was awesome. Yes, their promotion. This I know. know. When that when the when the first one came up and they literally had I think it was Chris Hemsworth he was the first mm-hmm. one to go mm-hmm. and he looks at Cam- in character in the scene <laughs> yes. and says something I'm like yeah whoa and I and kept thinking kept like that, they did like three yeah. of these right they didn't just do and then they, and them. then they did Ryan Gosling on top of a bus in the middle of an action <laughs> sequence and I'm like oh my god it doesn't stop yeah. yeah. They, yeah, yeah, that's second. And was moment. it I mean, Jamie Foxx when he was driving and he turned there or whatever? I mean, uh-huh. there. Uh huh. It was unbelievably impressive. And I, as I said this week in my newsletter, I was like, more power to the crews and the marketing and the and the publicity and because having done so many of those reels in my career, mm-hmm. to pull that off mm-hmm. takes immense amount of everyone. Uh, trains running on time, everyone pointing yeah. in the same direction. Yeah. yeah. And to do so it multiple much. times on multiple films is uh-huh. phenomenal. So pretty much, Tim, we're saying you're screwed because we are expecting big <laughs> things out of you from now on. But come on, if Netflix can do it, we want to see you. How are you uh, what are you going to do? Well, it definitely. That? I mean, I'll tell you, it was it came up in our um, it came up in, in uh, it was on the tip of everyone's tongue. Right. As soon as that came out and everyone was thinking already, man, what do we have in production and how can we and we can do um, that? Yeah, right. But see, this is what kind of irritates me. It's like, that was always kind of. sort of, a, kind of, <laughs> yeah. just a little. Um, it, 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 that's always been a possibility. Like, even when I, when I was at Fox, it was always like, why can't we just do something when they're on set? Like, it always bugged me endlessly that when we would start working on the marketing, it was five months after the movie had shot, everyone gone on to other projects. And then I have to scramble, try to get them all back on set or try to get them in a room so we can do ADR or something. Why can't, I mean, to me, that was fairly obvious five, six years ago. And now it's like only, it takes Netflix, which obviously because they have a very sort of decentralized structure, it's just kind of like, you want to do something, you can go do it, Mm -hmm. you know, but if it fails, your ass is on the street. (laughs) So it's like, I mean, it's, I don't know. It just feels like that was, obvious so my thing is instead of the conversation being what do we have in production that we can mimic that why not what do we have in production where we can beat that do something yeah, yeah, better yeah, than uh-huh. that uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah tim yeah tim why can't you <laughs> it's all tim's fault he's in research he knows first of all keith exactly. i think you're missing out the opportunity to, to take this profound impact on, <laughs> on production we do actually. We, we play. We have uh, anyway. Really, we're really. I'm blessed to be. You know, the it's uh, Lionsgate is really cool in the sense that um, there is a there is an authentic appetite to incorporate data into every facet of decision making. Um, that is, uh, in my experience, uh, a novelty. Right? <laughs> like it was. You and you remember, man. You know Tom. Oh yeah, very well. Yeah. You know, oh, I've yes. done two tours of duty with him. 
And you understand yeah. um, it's different. It's just different here. It's different here. And I think it's to our benefit because it's helping keep us kind of nimble um, and helping us zig where others zag, right? Because it's, yep. uh, um, and it makes the job that much more um, fun and challenging for us. It's interesting because we ha- we're having um, Kevin Getz on next week oh, uh, awesome. to talk about his uh, his book. Yeah, and his book is very much the, I would say the the central thesis is know thy audience, and that's sort of his mm. big thing. It's like yeah. yep. listen to your audience, yep. listen to the data. Mm-hmm. Don't do what you think just needs to be done. Yeah, the data can get can tell you clues that can sort of yes. help you make I, a better oh film. And I have so many materials. like so many examples that I won't name names of filmmakers <laughs> who, who didn't want to listen to what the audience was telling them. You know, yeah. and that's what Kevin's book really uh, really does a nice job of um, um, shining a light on on kind of an, a relatively unknown facet of the process, the research screening, and yeah. how like critical. It's my favorite part of the job by a mile. Those initial those first screenings when there's this um, the vulnerability of the of the creator is sort of mm-hmm. there on display, and the um, you know it takes someone with Kevin's with a, a very deft touch to handle yeah. those the intensity of the emotions in that moment and provide a you know a framework for the information to seep in to the process. Yeah. right. And you can, exactly, you yeah. can turn a blind eye to that. You can say no, I know my, I have my vision, and I almost almost. But isn't there in, something? Inevitable. Isn't it something when you ask a, a general audience, we'll go back to the conversation we're having about like how to, what's a win? Because there, there are some times that the studio understands what the film is and how it's going to play, play out. So you guys understand what a win looks like. The audi- um, the filmmaker knows what they're looking for. And then you ask a general audience and they're comparing it to Marvel movies or whatever. You can kind of get skewed. You're like, I, I appreciate the feedback, but you know, my category of what this film is going to uh, be as a win is not in the category that the general audience, a uh, testing audience is going to understand. Don't you have a right and an ability and sometimes even a need to say like, I'm not going to listen to the test audience. I'm going to. Oh, sure. You have to take it with a grain of salt. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But those audiences are pretty crafted, right? So it's not for the research screenings. There's you're either using. Um, in, in some cases, um, if you have AB content, you can use that as part of the recruit. You, we know we have great a great deal of specificity around who we want to have in that theater in terms of all you know demographics, psychographics, the location we go to, um, the recruit paragraph we use to get people in. So it's it's uh, it's not a it's not necessarily a true. And then it's also people who are willing to come out on a weeknight, on a school night in most cases. Yeah, right. <laughs> and wait in line to go through security to get in. So they're already a they're already a type of consumer, right? That isn't necessarily reflective of the entirety of the movie going population, but a very good representation. Very good representation. Did I answer your question? I feel like it was Yeah, yeah. Good. I think it is because yeah. uh, I just I'm always curious like how much we we're trying to make every film a blockbuster. Like, are we, you know, is that a necessity? So um, e- no, even, no. you know, the conversation we were having about Moonfall is this idea of like, is was it supposed to be a blockbuster? Do we understand it as, as supposed to compete with Marvel or is Moonfall what Moonfall is? And you guys are uh, recognize that and made the film for that reason. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I'm sitting around my, you know, with my pack of friends talking about films, are we all just judging it based off of the most the lowest common denominator or can we recognize and peel off 
layers of what it means to be in this industry and make it complicated. Um, and that's what I, I almost feel like the evolution that's taking place in, in, in the industry right now allows for that even more because OTT platforms, the way we consume things, clearly the theaters are not going to draw major audiences back to them you know, all the time for every single film. So we don't have to compete for that. There can be secondary um, uh, films for different reasons that uh, that are can be um, recognized as successes without it being gigantic box office numbers at the, you know, in the opening weekend. Um, that's what's exciting to me about this evolution of the industry, getting rid of this blockbuster scorecard that just, you know, it's been around since the, the, in the late seventies and it only has meant one thing. Um, so yeah. it may be even yeah. you know, go, yeah. what the Oscars are telling us is like, no, no, yeah. we want to see movies for the opportunity of what movies can be made for instead of all of them being, you know, Spider-Man movies. Even though There's a, and that tension was that tension's been around, as you said, for decades, right? And it was mm -hmm. certainly exacerbated and accelerated as many things were during uh, the pandemic. Um, I think now, though, coming as we're sort of as the patient, we're reviving the patient a little bit. These tent poles are kind of like defibrillator paddles, right? <laughs> they are kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man did, I think. I got people. I got yeah. you, Keith. Bro, yeah. A Finally, <laughs> avid movie goer back. Yes. Uh, Batman's gonna do that. <laughs> Batman's gonna call ass, man. That movie looks big. Yeah, it's hey, gonna be huge. Gonna make a ton yeah. of money. Even though it's three hours, movie. almost three hours. <laughs> three hours. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So make sure you go to the bathroom before it starts. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to miss it. <laughs> anyway, that's what I felt. I, uh, the, um, James Bond movie, which was, um, no time to, time die. to die. No time to die. No time to die. Yeah. Um, that drove, drove me there and I watched it large format. Gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was just, you know, awesome. And we were in yeah. Kansas city. So we weren't on one of the coasts where the theaters were shut down. So, uh, oh, just which one, which theater to go to? We go to Kansas city all the time for screenings and uh, for focus groups. It's, it's awesome representation. It's a really good question. I'm probably going to say an AMZ theater, but that's about oh, all I sure. really know. I was in near Omega Omega park. Or, oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So if you if there's a large format theater in Oakland Park, that's probably the one I went to. It was a complex. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Man. There you go. <laughs> Listen to Tim. So uh, which which one was it? Was it which the, one? We loved it when you were there. Was it the theater on the <laughs> left? Like the barbecue or the place. Right? <laughs> it's around the corner from. Uh, was it <laughs> seven? We always go with the filmmakers. It's awesome. <laughs> Especially if we have a good number. It's you know there's the it data is a, guy. Uh, after doing this long enough, it it. Plays a you know a little bit of a role. You're thinking about where can I get dinner, right? This place is killer oh, barbecue. I want to be near there. <laughs> totally. I always had like a place, and when we, every time we had a screening in Thousand Oaks, that I would always go for dinner right before the screening. Yeah, it was like my yeah. spot. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go there. Sweet, mm -hmm. I get to go. I know exactly where I can eat dinner. <laughs> By the way, and that that theater's off is uh, a dine-in now, so we don't even go there anymore. So really, go-to, such a go-to. Go oh, that was such a good theater. I know. It's a nice one too. Damn, yeah. that's a shame. Um, oh, by the wow. way, there's there's this theater in Newport Beach called The Lot, and you they serve you dinner in, like you basically order in your seat, and they bring uh -huh. you a meal, uh -huh. and the meal is really good. I mean, like you can this dinner in a movie thing is come to a great extreme in certain oh, areas. Yeah. I'm loving it. So. Very much so. <laughs> I love that too. I love that too. And it's all about the experience, you know. It's about enhancing the experience. All right, so uh, Data Man. 
Tim, the guy that has to kind of like figure out all this stuff for everybody. Data man, um, I like that. Data like man. D <laughs> Mega man meets data man. Well, I always feel like Keith and I are going off of uh, instinct or impulse or I don't know, opinion. Uh, but you kind of like you're in the the know of the know. Like you're kind of, you can kind of you're making you're helping the studio make judgment calls on is this viable? Where is this going to go? And you know, what's going to happen next or, or whatever. Um, you're, you're, you don't have to tell us any movies that you're making or considering, but if you wanted to, that'd be cool. We can do some breakthroughs. You know, I what, think what trends are coming that you're saying, and we're going to make a bet if the film is more like this and less like that. I think the, I think the, um, and I said this before, and what we keep harping on is like, it is know thy audience, right? You said it, Keith. And, but, and it's within knowing thy audience, it's knowing the, um, it's finding those kind of uh, like fandom, it's nurturing fandom opportunities within that audience. Because it's still like, um, in a, you know, in this, in a world where everything is about dividing us and about uh, um, creating antagonistic like we were joking when i came on like you guys should argue with each other because i would give you better ratings if you start screaming at each other about like random shit and fight <laughs> right there's this this like antagonistic energy in society and what are the things uh that bring us together it's our collective our shared fanship it's our shared love of mm. a, an ip that is transcendent of um my political beliefs um, any aspect of my identity um it's a it's a tie that binds and i think the uh, finding and nurturing those is uh, a critical lens to apply to um, all of our projects, all of our projects. Cause we, you have to have that, the nucleus of the core. Like we, so you know, this has been one of my like phrases lately. We, we have a core audience, but then the nucleus of that core audience is really where um, is the heartbeat and you have to know them and you have to reach them and engage them and feed them. And then they, as they radiate out, that's when you find, those secondary audiences um, outside of that core that then turns your movie into, you know, um, a success or brings. So the you're <clears throat> you're asking that question. So when when you're looking at films and trying to understand how it's going to play out, you're asking the question: Well, who is this supposed to appeal to? Let's create a absolutely that we understand absolutely. that absolutely. that will look like, and then we'll understand the win yeah. and what the win will look like. And then and then also it's facets of the film itself because we're, we're talking about. Um, Guillermo del Toro, and he's a master of world building, and he's using those the intricacies of the detail, right, and and the texture, um, and the fabrics, and and the like, um, the the nuances of the world is a uh, is an imp a critical part of the invitation that we're trying attempting to create to bring mm -hmm. people into something. People really, I think, more than ever need to um, immerse themselves and forget about <laughs> what else is going on and find some solace in that, in the, in the, um, uh, immersive capacity of, of entertainment, take their mind off the shit that's going on in the world. Cause it feels like we got one year left and everything's going to go sideways. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the end of the world. What's going on, man? Good Lord. Yeah. Um, so the escape clause part of it, yeah, of the promise is absolutely. like, I can help you yeah. get out absolutely. of your mind a little absolutely. bit. Come and it's here more of an advanced understanding of like, you know, and key members like back in the good old days, um, we could get 20 million out of, we got $20 million openings on a lot of turds, right? A lot Bird of policy, baby. You could fool, you could 
fool people a lot easier, yeah. right? Well, it was good advertising, you know, really yeah. effective advertising. But yeah. I think that's um, it's much harder to do that now. We have a far savvier consumer base who is being uh, inundated with such remarkably high quality product on television. Like the, that really Scott movie, Raised by Wolves, a movie series on Apple TV Plus. You been watching yeah. that? So, no, I haven't watched it. No, so good. It's yeah. So hit. It's so like, well, yellow, uh, I've been watching Yellowstone and that's like, yeah, that is a cinematic yeah, experience. Every episode. Yes. Yeah. Foundation yeah. foundation was remarkable. Um, yeah. Plus. Yeah. There's really, um, I feel like I'm hyping them. I'm not, I'm also <laughs> a lot of, yeah. There was a new episode last night, but talk about an interesting, like another interesting example, um, peacemaker on HBO max as an extension of the suicide squad. Oh. Yeah. Like, taking a, an element of that world that was so successful and then allowing fans to explore another dimension of outside mm-hmm. of the, that particular frame um, is just remarkable. Boba Fett. My God, is that good? Was that good? Yeah. Yes. Holy moly. Like it's fan service. It's just like, I, I, yeah, they did such a fabulous stuff. Well, let me, let, I'm just going to, I know we have to wrap up here cause you got, you got to go, but I have one question. So, I understand what you're talking about world building. I think it's really cool. And I think doing that is definitely a way to continue to get engaging with audiences, but then to sort of flip it with like Moonfall to talk about Roland Emmerich. He came out last, I think it was this week, Denny Geek. And he said, there's just too many Star Wars and Marvel movies and no original content could get through anymore. So based on what you're telling me, like that's the future. So is the original content going to struggle even more now because it has to be like sort of in this world building era or IP, right. Or IP, right. And what's pre pre awareness titles. Um, it's certainly a challenge. It's certainly a challenge. We haven't, I I'm, you know, we'll see. I haven't, I don't know if I've seen an example of like something really blowing up an original IP theatrically yet coming out of COVID. So that is a, (laughs) my dogs, (laughs) (laughs) Mickey, Leo, Hey, great um, names. Michelangelo and Leonardo. <laughs> Come on. Nice. <laughs> Love it. I was like, is this a baseball thing? No. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Classics. They're classics. Yep. Nice. After the nice, turtles, nice obviously. That's He's allowed to be there. Him. He's allowed to be there. The guardians of the neighborhood. Um, it was Ninja Turtles. That's who they were named after. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or Donatello, man. Uh, nice. I, I'm sorry. I just totally lost my train. Where was I going? No. Oh, the, no, I, the original IPs, original IPs. Well, you know, it's, um, we'll see, we'll see, you know, yeah. we'll see, we'll see. But, okay. you know, like the, um, I think the Oscars this year, the films nominated certainly represent a nice blend of existing IP, rejuvenated IP and original content. Yeah, um, that's nice true. Thing. It's coming, it's coming, you know, fits and starts, fits and starts. It's coming, but it won't look the same, but it's, uh, I don't think it's as dire as it, as some may portend. Yeah, I mean, and I appreciate the filmmakers who are, as you said earlier, understand the story and recognize the opportunity to tell a story. And some of this yeah. world building that we know of today really just started with simple stories and yeah. then recognize there's an opportunity to peel something off and peel something totally. off. Some of what I'm recognizing too is that people are, are uh, taking the opportunity to tell a story and then pulling off Boba Fett as a character or the setting to tell a similar story, yeah. which is a brilliant move. We're doing uh, it with the opportunity to present Rick. itself. Why not? Like you have, you have the fandom built in yeah. and a yeah. messaging behind it. We're I always say the, you, you start with the why, Rick. then you understand yeah. who, and finally understand where. Yeah. So um, once you have 
you that definition of why somebody should come to film the thing and then who we're appealing to or who, who this film's about yeah. um, is a, a really important part of it. Yeah. Um, sounds like you guys. It doesn't negate like the, the um, it doesn't negate the importance of uh, uh, original IP. And I don't think the appetite for original IP, but I think it just is a reframing of how we um, think about those kinds of stories, you know? Right. I also want to get in that we're, we are um, Lionsgate is uh, uh we're doing a, a lot of work around the Wick franchise in the Wick universe. We have uh, we've announced Ballerina is a is a uh, another f- a feature that's coming out related to the universe. There's a Continental TV series based that's about the hotel that's coming to stars. So it's mm. like we're we're taking a really aggressive look at our extensive library and um, trying to find ways to maximize those opportunities. I mean, I think cool. I talked about it last time we were on. We have uh, Dirty Dancing. Um, film coming out in I don't it's not dated yet but it's uh it's near uh, production and the initial research we did on that just revealed as you can imagine a feverish fan base sure oh yeah I can only imagine <laughs> so like and so you have to and then part of the research is what are those what are the critical touch points in fans relationship with the IP how do we accentuate those how do we avoid like potential landmines that could um you know, upset that core fan base. And, uh, and then we go from there and we're off to the races. That uh, That's pretty nice. brilliant. I, I love that kind of thinking because there's, it's, the studios are up for it and the theaters are recognizing the opportunity and even the Academy, as we're seeing with the awards are asking different questions. Then mm-hmm. we know this evolution's taking place. Let's get some, let's get the right people in there to advance this kind of um, new method or this new yeah. agenda. Yeah. To, to make it work. And um, then another, another, um, and I'm blanking on what the title is, but something I've been wondering too is why, like I would pay to see Loki in a theater, right? There's, there's something, there's a TV, there's a TV series that's streaming in theaters ahead of, and like they're doing, it's a binge. Um, like Ooh, really that's pretty brilliant. Episodes, oh, smart right? idea. So you basically, yeah. Right. That's right. So if I don't want to, I just want to see like Boba Fett. I don't know, I mean, I have a big ass TV, so it's, it was, you know, delightful, but to see, um, you know, um, baby Yoda <laughs> in IMAX would, Heck yeah. brings joy to my heart. Yeah. And I would sit through like, you know, watching like binging in a theater, you know, and you don't have to pay the subscription fee. You just pay like a, like a ticket price and you can eventize it and maybe make it a little bit, maybe a fan fest kind of thing and um, leverage that medium to, um, um, yeah, drive more. The, yeah, yeah. Especially in some of the major markets, it's even like the word of mouth opportunity when we get, when you get started with that. Yeah, uh, sounds like your marketing brains are at work. You and Keith can work on that together. I want to see you guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's I'll do it. Up, you know, <laughs> Tim, it's always so great to see your smiley face on our show. Oh, my so pleasure, man. My us. pleasure. Remember, go see Unbearable Weight of Mass Talent. Uh, okay. April, what, what date? April twenty second. You said April twenty second. Four twenty two. Huh? Get it? Ah, nice. I like it. <laughs> I'm looking nice. forward to our private screening of that. That's oh, all I'm yes, to, we got to fly to Santa Monica. Talk about it after you see it. It is uh, all right. We'll do delightful. it. It is delightful. And then okay. make sure you pay attention to the next week's episode, Tim, because your friend Kevin's going to be on the show, and we're going to make him He's talk also about delightful. you. So that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah that'll yeah. be fun. All right. <laughs> Thank you, my Thanks, friend. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate Thank it. You. Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you. Take care.